Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. nervous you know because i'm afraid it's about my child but it's just share it to the group. comments perfect There's Mr. Calvin Knapp coming in. Hey, sir. There's Mr. Calvin Knapp coming in. Hey, sir. Just count us down, Frank, Hank, when we're ready. Frank. It's kind of like a... Frank and Hank, yeah, exactly. Just count us down, Frank, Hank, when we're ready. Frank, kind of like a... Frank and Hank, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Port Royal Speedway, are you doing all right? Everyone good? It is Wikers Livestock Week Nation presented by Falcon Brothers Trucking, Ashley Strubby and Speed Post. I feel like pulling in here and saying, I'm home. Oh my gosh. It's so I do get to well, say do. that. You do say that, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is. I also came in here and said, I haven't seen Port Royal in May in the sunshine. How about a first sunshine? Anyone fan of sunshine? All right. Uh, 
Um, I'm telling you what, it is a, a beautiful day. We have got a great, great program for you tonight. We got a great racing program for you tonight as well. The All-Star Circuit of Champions, ten thousand dollars to win. Ashley, um, you're well. Okay, I'm just gonna I've shared it with the audience here. Uh, <laughs> Ashley is a nervous wreck. Okay, because Steel Strummy, her seven-week-old son. For the first is time, with his dad. is with his dad, <laughs> solo. So David Stremmy is in charge of Steel, which has got Ashley. So every time, like, there's notifications or anything, her phone, she's jumping. Don't mind me when I just keep looking down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is fantastic. We are so glad you joined us here. We're so glad you joined us on Flow Racing, our Facebook page, on Wing Nation's Facebook page, all of our YouTube channels, and a special shout-out for those joining us on Star Country, WVNW 96.7 FM. Hey, real yeah. quick, yeah. thanks to the people who are sitting in the seats right here, right now. That's exactly right. How about the folks this here in the crowd? Yes, all right, all right. You know it's big when there's a Calvin Knapp sighting. You know it's big when there's a Calvin Knapp sighting here. Absolutely. So, hey, it is great to be back here at the Weikert Memorial. It is the Bob Weikert Memorial pre presented by Packers Concession. And what do you think, Ashley? We should just bring let's just bring the guests on and get started. Let's right? do it. Y'all want to meet some y'all want to meet some guests? We got some good ones yeah. starting off the program. Absolutely. So let's tee up the first trio. What was it? The dream team. The dream team. Right. Oh my gosh! Here they come. Oh, <laughs> they got the most handsome man my leading man, them out Davey, here. That's right. Watch where he goes. Watch this. <laughs> Davy Brown with the peak performance, cool move, first on the stage, <laughs> right down by Ashley. Hi, sir. How are you? Atta boy, Davy. Lance, sorry, you ended up on this end of the stage. That's. <laughs> <laughs> we knew where he was going. We knew where he was going. Davey, uh, coming up later on, we've got Daniel Lasoski and Brian Brown, Ricky Warner, Rico Abreu, John Zemitis, and Randy Wolf. And uh, we are uh, set to go. Crank it down. is going to go. gonna be, gonna be a good time, that's for sure. And we are so pumped up, so pumped up about it, because when we roll into the Speed Palace for one of the big ones, everyone's going to have to dance with the Dream Team tonight. And joining us, the leader of the Dream Team, Donald Christ, Donnie Christ Jr. Hey man, how are you? Great, yeah, good, good to be here. Good to be here too. Also leading the team down there by you, Ashley, is Davey Brown. What's mm -hmm. going on, Davey, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good for an old man, I guess. There we go. <laughs> and the guy that has the dream job in all of sprint right? car racing, driving that machine, Lance Deweese is here, man. How are you? Great, nothing better. <laughs> nothing better. How about it for the dream team? It's in the house. Man, oh man, I'll tell you what, we're starting right off big time, that's for sure. So, Donnie, you get ready to roll off here. We're back at Port Royal. Um, just kind of assess where you guys are at, how you feel about it. Winning 10,000 tonight is what your game plan is, 29 tonight. How are you guys, uh, how are you guys coming into this weekend? Uh, probably a little bit blind. We, we have a new car that uh, we brought out at the Grove for the Outlaws, and we struggled with it a little, and then we went back last week for a regular show, and... Got the car working decent, and Lance did a good job, and we won. So we hadn't had it here yet. We're not exactly sure, you know, what it's going to take. So hopefully we hit it right out of the box. If not, we'll mess around with it and try and get it good for tomorrow. Davey will bust out his tape measure <laughs> and, and get her back on track, right? Yep, definitely. We'll try. We'll try. Davey, what's that like when they talk about bringing out a new car for big races with the World of Outlaws and then the Weikert this weekend? Does that make you a little nervous? It does because... Every one of them, they're all supposed to be the same, but they never are. And you just don't know what it's going to want. And uh, the first race, we were really bad. 
we were decent at Williams Grove. We were a lot better. What we're going to be here, I don't know, but we'll find out later. Lance, I had a great conversation. You actually joined us on Wing Nation this week, and we <coughs> talked a little bit about it. And I was going to share it that time. I said, no, I'll save it for the stage. I had a great uh, conversation years ago with, uh, with our buddy Greg Hodnett, and he talked about as good as these manufacturers are. You guys run Maxim chassis, mm -hmm. and they put together best sprint cars, some of the best sprint cars. G Greg said to me, he said, what's the guy welding the chassis going through? Is he going through a divorce? <laughs> is he going through? <laughs> these things, no matter how good they are, no matter how good they are, there's still little differences in them. Oh, there's could be huge differences in them. And, um, you know, it's just like um, car manufacturers. Maybe one's built on Monday is different from the guy building it on Friday. Yeah, you're yeah, right I mean, about that. Yeah. Guy on Friday's ready to go home. He's <laughs> he's turning up the heat and feeding <laughs> the wire a lot quicker than um, maybe the guy on Monday. But, you know, there could be huge differences um, in them. And, how the competition is nowadays, you know, a little bit is a lot. So um, we weren't very good at the outlaw shows. Um, we weren't bad, but we weren't our normal selves. And um, from my understanding, I got a phone call from the owner that the mechanic wasn't very happy and wanted <laughs> to race Friday. So um, <laughs> I said, sure, we can race Friday. So um, yeah. we did, and he had it uh, felt like a lot better um, as far as the things we're fighting against the outlaws, it felt better on Friday, so we'll see here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Donald, talking about that car owner, obviously we've we've chatted with you guys the last several years. We've talked about what it was like stepping away as a driver and becoming the in the ownership role, and now you guys are not necessarily competing every single weekend, but you're doing it because you guys are having fun, and that's what it boils down to. But for you, is there goals as a car owner that you want to see with the year to to be lucrative and and continue what you guys are doing with the 69k uh not really you know we just do the best we can go out you know everyone does the best they can davy and myself and lance and uh you know sometimes it's good enough and sometimes it's not so you know kind of wherever the chips fall we're all old enough that you know it it doesn't yeah we want to win every single time out but we know you know that's probably not going to happen so we kind of just, you know, take it as it goes. Some nights we don't think we're going to win, and me and Davey are watching there, and we can't believe, and, you know, Lance gets it to the front, and the other nights we're fast all night, and then, you know, we're not that good in the feature. So you, you just, like Lance said, the competition's so close, and, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to run any other frames besides Maxim. I think they're the best, but just, you know, just like they were saying, every, no matter what manufacturer it is, every car is a little bit different. We had a plan to run the new car the week before at the Outlaw tune-up at the Grove, but it rained out. So then, you know, we, we probably, it was probably it, my decision, so it, it was a wrong decision. We should have just, if we were to run the old car against the Outlaws, you know, would have been a smarter thing to do, even though it was an older car. We knew what it was going to do, sure. uh, but that's hindsight, I guess. <laughs> Davey, when we look at the level of competition in 2022, how do you assess it? You've been around the sport for a year or two. You've seen competition <laughs> for a couple of years. How do you assess the level of competition we're facing right now? Oh, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, years ago, you might have had half a dozen cars you think you had to beat. Now you've got 30 cars you've got to beat. <laughs> you know, it's just everybody's so equal, and there's just so many. I mean, I've never, it's never been like this. Every year it gets even tougher. So it, it's tough. Yeah. Lance, I kind of want to piggyback on that because you've been around the sport for, for quite a while too. Now you've got these young kids coming in and they're learning and they're pulling moves that maybe necessarily shouldn't happen. And then they look to you as, as the veteran, as the leader, you know, of, of the Pennsylvania posse. And, and 
how they learn from you. Is is there that camaraderie that happens in the pits that guys come to you and say, okay, Lance, if it were you, what would you do? Um, not very much. Not as much as you think. Um, I think some is, is the age difference is a good bit. Um, you know, I've been around this sport pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty long time. So, um, um, you know, there's only one guy that I'll talk to him, you know, that's young and, you know, we talk about different things and I might give him heck for a dumb movie he did, but, um, but other than that, yeah, they have to learn on their own. Um, you know, I grew up racing these things when he had to slow down to go fast and, you know, the same way Donald, um, learned to race these things. And nowadays, you know, you just run them as hard as you can. And, um, it's, it's, you know, for an old guy like me, you know, it's, we can run that pace for a while, but we can't run like there's young kids can for a long period of time. But, um, we're fortunate enough to have a very, very fast race car that we don't have to may take the chances they take at times and you know, be there at the end. Donnie, how, how drastic is that change Lance is talking about? Because I've thought the same thing, especially watching the world of outlaws, like Carson Macedo. <laughs> I mean, if it's a 25-lap feature, he runs 35 laps. I mean, just, just uh, That's how I deck. feel about Macri, just banging it Macri. off the board. That's how I feel know? about Macri, too. Donnie, how drastic is that change, Ben? And, and did you did, have you seen it coming, or is it just something that's really popped up the last few years? Uh, before I get into that, I did, I did want to say, you know, at the beginning of the year, we, we came here and were lucky enough to win uh, uh, the opener here at Port Royal. And I said to Davey, and we're watching the races and afterwards, and we were talking, and I said, you know what? Lance didn't run since whenever last year, and we probably quit earlier than most other teams, and guys were in Florida and everything. I said, I can't believe at his age it don't look like he lost a, lost yeah. a step. And last week at Williams Grove, I thought he drove a perfect race and you know people that do i racing or play video games know you keep hitting that reset button and start over you know you can't <laughs> yeah, do that yeah, in a sprint no. car you, you know you got one shot at it and and uh you know he still get the job done and you know by outsmarting the guys and uh he's just so consistent on hitting his lines but it it has it has stepped up we've We've watched, I've watched with Cassidy, you know, the, the outlaw shows at home before they came in, and I'm like, oh, my God, them guys really stepped it up again this year. You know, they're just so aggressive. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's so aggressive. It's just crazy. It really is. And, and speaking of that, Steve, we talked about this on the work area, and this is kind of a question for all three of you, so we'll just start down the line. We'll start with you, Davey. Obviously, at some point, you know, this is going to go away. Donald's either going to decide that he's done racing or whatever it may be. You know, we've talked about how do you step away from your passion? You know, how do you know when it's time to hang up the helmet or hang up the, the tape measure, whatever it may be? What is it for you, you know, if because you've devoted your entire life and career to this sport. If Donald said tomorrow, hey, we're done, the 69K is over, what, what would your after racing career look like? Oh, hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, at my age, you know, I'll be 88 Tuesday. So it's soon time for me to <laughs> soon time. I love you. <laughs> step away anyway. So uh, I'll do it as long as I can. You know, I'm maybe this year I won't be able to do it next year. So I don't put a time. I go week to week. So as long as I can do it and work on it, I will. If I can, I can't. So it uh, it won't be a problem for me really. Final question for you, gentlemen. I'm going to go right down the line and ask you each the same one. I'll start here with Lance. Bob Weikert. When I mention the name Bob Weikert, what comes to your mind? A promoter. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to drive for him once. 
one in it. Um, one and done. Literally, literally. <laughs> yeah, um, was fired in Victor Lane. Um, <laughs> so, not really, but he was talking about having a better driver in it for Tuxworth 50. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different story. But, I, I know. You, but Bob, Bob might not have been, the, the numbers are pretty good in your camp, though. <laughs> but one thing I give Bob Weigert was you loved him or hated him. Yeah, yeah, sure. But he put people in the seats. He made people pay attention. And, you know, it's, you know, there's a driver that we race against right now that's kind of the same way. Yeah. Like, in, Well, he might be tied into the Weikert family <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. He'll be on the show tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Danny is kind of Bob Weikert because yeah. you love him or hate him, but he makes people pay attention. No doubt. And Bob would stand there in, in Victor Lane's and talk about the – have the big one at home tied down and, you know, <laughs> you just all this different stuff in relationship to, like, Walter Dyer, Al Hamilton, who's very reserved in Victor Lane. And, you know, I just, you know, his interviews were just great. And um, he helped build, to me, helped build Central PA into what it is today. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to see the family still involved. Sure. You know, it, it's great everything that this facility does for Bob. Bob was pretty you know, like this facility, like the big racetracks, definitely like this place. So um, he just means a lot, along with those other owners I mentioned. But he he was the guy that put himself out there yeah. to be loved or hate, but he didn't care. Yeah. He wanted people to show up, I think. No doubt. I, I'll never forget a couple of years ago at Bobby Davis Jr. here, and he talked yeah. about rolling in here as a little kid and standing on the front stretch, and he knew of Bob. But knowing of Bob and standing on the front stretch – in victory lane and having bob grab the microphone bobby was like i didn't even know what was happening and people screaming and hollering and everything else it's crazy a promoter all right donnie christ when i mentioned bob weicker what comes to mind to you the, the same victory, thing yeah, yeah the victory lane interviews he's you know same thing lance said you know he'd say we got a motor at home right now davy just got done building it we have to have that thing chained down to the floor because it's trying <laughs> to get out on its own so you know they they were the best yeah he was good davy you have a long and storied history with uh, bob weicker what comes to mind when we mention mm -hmm. his name well you know actually bob was a real guy to work for. he was a yeah. good, he was a good guy <laughs> to work for but he loved to agitate people yeah. that, that made his whole day i mean we you know, we had what we needed. We didn't go over striving it, but we had what we needed to race. He always got what we needed. But, uh, yeah, he he liked to needle people, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, he he made the sport better. And everybody, I <laughs> say, either they hated him or loved him. So, but as far as working for him, he wasn't hard to work for. He was he was good. He, you know, he, he expected you to be there and work a lot of hours. But that's how you win, you know. So we yeah. did that. And, uh we did well, so uh, I liked him myself, and, uh, and the whole family's great. They were yeah. always good to me, so they're all nice people. When Davey says they had what they needed. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, can you interpret that for us? Now, I started racing when Doug Wolfgang was driving the Riker oh, car. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Where I grew up was basically 20 minutes from the Riker shop. Yeah. I bought a lot of used parts yeah, from, from them. them. They had roughly 11 to 13 motors sitting there at given times. <laughs> everything yeah, we I mean, needed, everything right? Everything we needed. <laughs> but now what a lot of you people wouldn't understand, like when I started racing sprint cars, they had big blocks still. Yeah. A year after that, they 
the outlaws might went to a 430 rule or 467 rule first and a 430 rule. So, like how they they raced, they had to have all these different engines all, yeah. for all these different things. But yeah, they had what they needed. They <laughs> they were all right, huh, Davey? <laughs> had what you needed, right? Yeah. Well, I just want to say happy birthday. Yeah. Well, 88 years old, Lance. Don't eat cake. That we quit that long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I know I said the last question, but I, did I see you in a dirt late model? We tested it twice this week, so how did that go? What is your what it, is your take on it? It's different. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a little bit. Um, <laughs> now I'm by myself. Sure, I uh, haven't been around all the cars yet. Yeah. So, um, and it's at a track I know. Um, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Hager Sound Speedway. So, um, we tested by ourselves on last Sunday, and then they had a practice session this Wednesday, and we were there. Um, so we'll see next weekend. That rear end suspension thing. It's different. Um, <laughs> I I keep. I keep thinking I'm hung out sideways, and they keep telling me I'm straight as an arrow. So yeah. it's, it's straight is good. I'll, straight is good. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a different feel. It's it's um, you're you're like this the whole time, and it just. But I can tell you what. That guy sitting there, ever could make my sprint car have the mechanical grip these <laughs> late balls have? Because <laughs> wow. I can tell you what, they have a ton of traction for what size tires are on, yeah. no wings. no. Yeah. They have a ton of traction. You can run them hard. Wow. And you know, it's a perfect example. You watch Larson run them and how hard he runs them. And yeah. It's it. But it's it's it's. It's interesting. Uh -huh. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, kinda. so are we. Kind of. <laughs> I'll share this, and we'll get you guys off the stage because we got our next duo here. Um, Frankie Kerr. You guys all know Frankie Kerr, mm -hmm. Sprint Car Hall of Famer. Frankie Kerr grabbed me. It was after the Lucas Oil late model race here at Port Royal that Kyle Larson won the first one. Frankie Kerr grabs me in the cup garage. He's a crew chief down there, and he said, what's the most impressive thing Larson's ever done? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that chili bowl thing is pretty good, and that's pretty good, and that's pretty good. Frankie said nothing. Nothing compares to what he did in the dirt lane model. The way that suspension hops up, the way that car moves around, nothing compares. That's why I was glad I got a chance yeah. to ask you about it because it's it, so different. It's so different. And me and Tyler Courtney was talking about that beginning night when I walked in here because he's, you know, going yeah, to run the million. Through, yeah, he's running the million. And, um, yeah, they both – I talked to both of them before I got in it, and um, they both kind of told me it's – the closest thing probably relates to me is non-wing. Okay. Now, I've only ran twice without a win. But, <laughs> but we've been all right those times we did them, but um, – that's the closest thing, and yeah. that's kind of, in some aspects, you have to get it hung out a little bit more than you think you wow. feel. But it's different. It's it's different. We'll see. Ashley, I could talk to these trio right? all night long, man. My I'm goal is just not to wreck nobody. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Gentlemen, we appreciate it. How about it? Davey Brown, Donnie Kreitz, and Lance DeWeese joining us here on the stage. Guys, we're going to swap you out. we got a couple other gentlemen coming up here to join us. It is the Weikert Memorial, some of our premium partnerships on this, Shenandoah Valley Livestock in Harrisonburg, Virginia, Heritage Cattle Incorporated in Garden City, Kansas, Mike Altice in Wirtz, Virginia, Ray Lee Akers down in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Falcon Brothers Trucking, of course, in Leicester, Iowa, and Nicholas Meats uh, in Loganton, Pennsylvania.
uh, some of our great sponsors that bring this show together uh, on behalf of the Weikert family and Weikert Livestock. Ashley, I'm, I just, we, we have had so many, those visits with that trio, I think we've gotten to the stage where we do it every year, and it, sometimes you're like, let's mix it up a little bit. We don't ever need to mix that combination. Well, up. you know, it's funny because you sit down to take notes, and those three, you know, you sit there, and it's like, man, we've talked to them every year for the last four or five years, right? Yeah. And it's like, I can still come up with nine million questions to ask those three no matter what. Look at this. Ice cream. Yes. Oh, brownie is delivering. He failed me, but he did not. <laughs> what? NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Cookie dough? Who wants vanilla? <laughs> where's ice cream? Who wants ice cream? Spoon? Andy's frozen. Jeez, you bring ice cream, but don't bring oh, a spoon. I think we can find a spoon. I think we can. Yeah, guys, guys, uh, that guy's got good hands right there. Good hands. Okay, this was on somebody's late model for the longest time. Who was it? Thank you, Terry Phillips. Yep, and now it's on Brian Brown. That's call. right. Yes, absolutely. We talked about this on Wing Nation a we week did. back. <laughs> exactly. And joining us on the stage, those of you listening, you're not uh, you're not following along with us. Joining us is uh, making the haul in from Green Valley, Missouri, this week, running in Pennsylvania. Brian Brown. Hey, man, how are you? Good. Good to be here, guys. Good. Bringing us some Andy's frozen custard and his crew chief extraordinaire, the dude, Danny Lasoski. My man, what's going on? How are you? Great, guys. Thanks for having us come. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm going to start right with you, and I ended the question with the last group about Bob Weikert, um, Danny Lasoski. When I mention Bob Boykert, is it uh, what comes to mind, and is there a nightmare involved in it? <laughs> it's like uh, extraordinary. Yeah, um, yeah. Every time he see me, he'd always because I was so short, he'd put me in a headlock. What are you really? Doing, young man? <laughs> oh yeah. What are you doing, young man? Every single time. And one of the stories and ones that comes to my mind mostly is, you know, we thought we back in the '90s when uh, we thought we were Billy Badass with Guy Forbrook running the right. back in uh, Knoxville, and we'd have they had a thing they come up with uh, Doug Wolfgang Knight. And here he comes rolling in with Davey Brown and Bob Weicker, 29. And I thought, oh, we're, we're, we're king here. We're, shit. There was no part about it. He, he whipped us and made us like it. And that's, that was, and, uh, that, that's the, the, the biggest story right now. That it was, when he come back, they weren't messing around. They were good. Neat stuff. Brian, do you have any inclements on, on him at all? I mean, obviously, it was a little... Probably you were pretty young. Yeah, I mean, around, I, I feel like that kind of what these guys were saying here earlier, like, you you know, growing up as a kid, you obviously seen the Weikert 29, you know, um, you know with Doug driving it and just uh, the stories you hear later on, he, he would beat you by half a lap, get out and tell you, hey, 
he kind of probably invented the crew or the car owner talking in victory lane. You, know, you just don't see that this day and age. And uh, to get out and say, hey, hope you guys like that because there's more of that where that came from. And just being a part of that, um, I think that was kind of cool and it brought people to the races. Um, you just don't see that this day and age. And that's why we want to be a part of this event because um, this is an event, the Bob Weikert Memorial. I've been saying I want to come for five or six years. It's just never worked out. We come a thousand miles this week to be a part of this because I feel like it's an important part of a racing history. Um, when you think, when you think of, yeah, when you think of, when you think of car owners throughout the country, you know, a lot of people probably think of Tony Stewart and Casey Kane, but really, before those guys, there would be no Tony Stewart or Casey Kane if it wasn't for Bob Weikert's, Al Hamilton's, uh, Guy Forbrook with giving Danny's opportunity. So there's just others, uh, Dennis Roth on on the on the West Coast. So there's. Mm -hmm. You know, if there was a Mount Rushmore of, of car owners, uh, if Bob Weikert's name wasn't towards the top, it, it would be right there near it. And that's uh, Ike and Todd have become friends of mine, and um, we knew we wanted to come out. I think they probably thought I was the, the person that cries wolf because every year I call them and tell them, hey, I'm thinking of coming, and I never come. And then I called the. And week. then of all years. Yeah, I called. I called. I called. Called a week. I called a week, week and a half ago, and I said, "Hey, I think I'm going to come." They said, "Okay, if you come." I think they thought he ain't coming. <laughs> and um, you know, here we are. And um, if we run dead last, it's just an important part to be a part of this event. And it's like I said, it's about a thousand miles, thirteen hundred and fuel, a dollar a mile to get here. So, uh, well, we're happy to be here, and hopefully, we can at least pay the decent fuel to get back, back. home. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. One of the things, and, and uh, I, I'm actually going to go with Danny on this, although, Brian, I'm going to play off from a, um, a, a tweet that you had this week. I saw a picture of you with Charlie Garrett hanging out, and uh, you kind of got this East Coast uh, connection with Charlie doing it. Danny, when you are crew chiefing on a car, I would say with a Charlie Garrett engine, you know it's going to handle down the straightaways. What, <laughs> is that, what does that mean as a crew chief to know that, Boy, that's one box that is checked off in really good shape. And you said it exactly. That box is checked off because, in my opinion, you know, I've, I'm a seasoned guy. I've been around a long time. You know, Paul Kistler, all the good guys have been good to me. But Charlie Garrett, in my opinion, is the smartest engine guy I've ever been around. If you sit and listen to this guy talk, don't, don't think about anything else because he'll explain everything in detail to you. And, and I, I wish I would have had the opportunity to work for him when I was racing. Really? Yes, that much? absolutely. That the much. smartest guy. We call him God. Well, exactly. <laughs> Brian, your relationship with him, because I think it was he was with Jason Myers at one time. Jason kind of had him locked into a pretty good deal when that freed up, but Jason went and did other things. Uh, talk about getting with Charlie and what that's meant to your program. It's just a, a rare coincidence, probably the luckiest night of my life, really. Um, crazy story, probably not even me, many people even know this, but I was running in Sedalia, Missouri. Um, I think it was 2011, 12-ish, maybe even before that. And I had one motor and a, a guy gave me a spare to use. And it's April and I blow a motor up. Oh. My, my primary engine's blown up in April. And I put this other motor in that wasn't that good and finished tonight. And I had $30,000 in my, in my account to go racing the rest of the year. And I'm like, man, I, that's for August or, you know, it's not for April. I walked through the pit area and um, with 30000 thinking, okay, I'm going to go to an outlaw team and buy one of their spares. And nope, 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 nope. So driving home, I thought to myself, like, what am I going to do? I can't find an engine. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to send Jason Myers a text and say, hey, what, um, what's, what's going on with your engines? And I sent him a text. He's like, yeah, I got one that I would sell. Um, but he said, you need to talk to Charlie first. He, you know, I can't sell it to you unless that's Charlie's deal. He, the yeah. engines go to where he wants them to go. And I called, uh, called Charlie Garrett. And I said, hey, I'm interested in buying one of your motors. 
And he said, you think you, can, think you want to be a part of my team? I said, well, absolutely. I said, I don't have a lot, Charlie, but I'm going to give you all I got. And um, I had 30 grand. The engine was 54,000, so I'm 24 short. So uh, Don Long from Searsboro Telephone Company let me borrow 24 more thousand. God. I put this thing in and go to the Outlaw Show the next week and set quick time. And I told, I told my crew chief at the time, Chad Morgan, I said, man, we got to buy more of these things. Like, we got it. <laughs> like, I was Bob Weikert thinking, man, I gotta, how do I get 12 of these? And um, I, uh, I told Don Long the next, on Monday morning, I said, I need 54,000 more. He said, for what? He said, I just gave you 24. I said, I'll, I'll pay you back, I promise. But I got to get, these engines are sitting there right now, and they're going to get sold up. And uh, we needed to buy as many as we could. And wow. um, we bought, we ended up buying two. And the rest is history. I think we have nine now. So, um, and I don't sell them. You know, I run them, run them, and then they're just, they don't go bad in my opinion. He's 83 or 82 years old. Um, he's not going to build cool. engines forever. Um, so basically one night in April in Sedalia, Missouri. Holy cow. Is how I got with Charlie Garrett. If I go out and don't blow an engine, I'm probably not with him. But he's been um, as instrumental to my career as Danny and my grandpa, having him on my side. It's like having... It's like having illegal motors, they run so well. So um, just very, very fortunate. He's very, like he said when, when, when we got his engine, he's like, uh, you own them, but they're my engines. And I said, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, these are my babies. You're going you're gonna to do what I say, and if you don't like it, take them somewhere else. But um, that's, that's the honest to God's truth. And they are as clean when they go back to him as they are when we get them. Really make sure of that. Yeah, one time um, Craig Delansky sent him a, had a motor that was blown up, and he sent it back to. Uh, he, they sent it to Charlie, all blown up, oil all over it, antifreeze in the bottom of the container. So Charlie unbolts this thing, puts the container right back together, ships it back to Craig Delansky. Delansky's like, "Hey, we just did, shipped this thing two days ago." Pulls the top off, and it's the blown up engine. Called Charlie. He's like, "Yep." He said, "If you don't care about those engines any more than that," he said, "You can go somewhere else." Holy cow. Yeah. So wow. if, when awesome. we send our engines back, um, they're going to get tore apart. But we spend about two hours cleaning these things because oh my God. he's a he's a one. And on one hand, I can say, gosh, he's kind of over the top, but he's a one man band. And the more time I can save him on cleaning and disassembling is the more time he can worry about my engine. So yeah. um, two, that's, two, that's hours, do it. two hours of cleanup time versus two hours of Charlie Garrett engine time. And it's just a level of respect. A hundred percent. And the thing, too, is like he's very. You know, once it done his certain way, but he's never saying, hey, we're going to do it my way because that's why I want it done. He said, we're going to do it my way because of this. This is why we're doing it. Like, like Danny said, there's nothing he won't explain to us of, okay, I want it this done wow. just because. So um, Charlie Garrett, you know, he, he goes to breakfast or dinner a lot with Davey Brown. Those are, they're cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and there's not many, when something happens to Charlie Garrett, I'm going to be in trouble because there's not another engine builder, in my opinion, that that cares like he does. I think Lance, we had Lance on Wing Nation, and he said the engines are all pretty close except for Charlie Garrett. I think that's what I think Lance just <laughs> well, said. And, and then you see Charlie Garrett, you know, um, you have Brian Morrison, right. which builds right. Ian yep. Madsen's and, and Gravel's engines. Um, he taught him for two and a half years. He okay. worked, he was, okay, you have uh, Michael Newman, which builds the Shark, shark Tank engine. Yep. So that's, Fortunately, a lot of his, he doesn't have a grandson or a, a child that he's handing a business down to. Fortunately, his knowledge will get passed down. And it's passed down to Danny, myself, Chad yeah, Morgan, my old crew chief. That's like, we all are going to leave this earth thinking, man, Charlie Garrett was, did, did the job and Dang. did right. 
Gosh, that's, that's just awesome. that story is unreal. That's fantastic. Well, speaking of relationships, I'm curious how this one's going. Uh, <laughs> we talked to Brian last week uh, on the television show. Danny, what about you? What's it been like working with uh, Brian? And is there times that you want to fire him and then kind of rehire him? Or is it kind of like you let him do his own thing? Or how much of a mentor are you for him? Because obviously, family's probably the hardest but the easiest at the same time, because there's nobody who's going to fight harder for you than family. But at the same time, they can be pretty hard to work with. What you said is exactly right. Um, for me, I, I felt, um, I guess, a little bit guilty when he started racing, because when he started and he was ready to go, uh, I wasn't able to help him like I wanted to help him. And I'm his biggest fan. Even when before we were racing, I was his biggest fan, because I told him, uh, I f first asked my dad, I said, do you think he can do it? He said, let's give him a shot. I had, I was lucky enough to have all the extra equipment, a truck, trailer, car, and more importantly, my dad. My dad has got the patience of 20 people, could t teach him the right way, old school, like he taught me. And I said, okay, here's the deal, guys. We're going to give you the car, get truck, trailer, and everything. This, you're going to go race. But you guys got to, you, you're going to put everything back in it. And you don't, you're not going to make a living at this thing. You're going to go. And, and, and they went at it, and they really did a good job. But the part of me really felt bad because, I think I could have really straightened his learning curve out quicker on the driving part of it because his grandpa hasn't driven as much as I have. But that part is, and then when this opportunity came, it's honest to God, guys, it's like a Christmas day for me because now I get to, to help him the way I want to help him. That is neat. That really truly is. Brian, when you look at it, you've talked about coming here for the Weikert, respect for the Weikert family and everything. But coming to Port Royal itself, you, you've shared with us multiple times on the show just your your heartfelt appreciation for the racing here, the racetrack here. Just what does it mean to you to get a chance to come here? Now a couple times a year is when you get over here, it looks like, with the fall trip as well. Yeah, I think uh, what I enjoy most about being at Port Royal here is um, you know, a lot of these places we go, you see big events, and then you see the promoters just putting the money in their pocket, and it's the same facility year after year after yeah. year. And there's stuff that's probably not as safe as they should be for us or for the fans. I mean, the things that should be done for them to grow our sport. Um, when you come here, there's not been a year or even a time I've come back where something hasn't been done to improve the facility, whether it be safety, um, the suites, the bleachers, the concrete or pavement pits. That's what I like, um, to see it giving back to the sport. This is, uh, you know. watch, watching old videos back in the day, this was not the nicest place in Pennsylvania. Oh, I, mean, I ran here then. I know. There's, there's I needed a flashlight to go down I mean, the back. If you, if, you look, if you look back at some of the events here, it's like, man, that can't be Port Royal. I mean, it was big holes and dark, and you couldn't see, and they'd crash. They'd go out the back over the back gate. I mean, I see Kerry Madsen ended up in those people's front yard. Just, it's just what was what, it is today. And um, I compare this place to Knoxville. Um, if you have guys, a lot of guys have been to Knoxville, it's the Taj Mahal to me. But being able to come here, you guys are so lucky that you have not just the facility, um, the amenities, but you have Steve Strausser on that does the track and that actually cares. A lot of times you get track guys that says, hey, it is what it is. If you don't like it, load up. That's not how they act here. Um, I just, we're very, very lucky to have a place like this that you guys can come every Saturday night and have big events like this. It's true. It's so true. And listen, I remember being a kid standing in the pits watching my dad's race and David coming here for the first time and he's like, this is your home track? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, it's nice. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we yeah. left, you know, but it's beautiful now. It's been insane what they've done here and it's been absolutely incredible. And, and I feel like too, that when I come here, 
they could just say, you know what, park your t-shirt trailer out, out on out at rudders. You know what I mean? That they could say that, but they're so welcoming of just making sure that okay, is there anything you need? Um, that that means a lot as much as how nice the track is. So we're just very. But it's very comparable to Knoxville in the sense that this town doesn't really have a whole lot to do. You know, the racetrack is what we do on a Saturday night here. It's what we live for. There's nothing else. There's no bowling alley. There's no skating rink. There's nothing else to go do. This is what we live for. So the fact that, like you said, they're putting money back into it is huge. But I want to get back to you, Danny, because we had you on the show last year. And we talked about racing, and we talked about you maybe getting back in a sprint car. Is that still? Well, I haven't ever retired yet. I know. That's why no, I'm wondering when this is going to happen well, again. No, I, I, I'm really, really content doing what I'm really enjoyed what we're doing right now. Um, my, you know, everyone in this room always sets goals. My goal is when I come back with Brian, and thank God he called me, is I want to win the Knoxville Naturals with him. And I'm not going to quit till that happens. Wow. Selfishly, I want. <laughs> yeah. I want like what he said. I want to do that 100%. But um, I don't want him to ever race again as an uncle, <laughs> as an un uncle and um, nephew. But man, I want him to win one race in my car. Um, me being the driver, I, I'd love for him to win a race at Knoxville sometime. No matter if it's in. I feel like in 10 years he can still go there and win. But to be able to seeing him growing up as a kid and winning and doing that thing. So if he could ever win a race, I mean, it sounds goofy that I'd say I want him to win in my car, but. I think that'd be pretty cool. But like I've told him before, you know, even when he was not working for me and he was trying to race, um, there's nothing in the world he's got left to prove. And I don't want him to go out and get hurt and, and be not to live the lifestyle or the life he wants the rest of his life because he was trying to prove something. He has nothing to prove. He's won four Knoxville Nationals. He's won an Outlaw Championship. He's won 500 races. Like, what's there to prove? And, um, <laughs> and I, I feel like... Before I got him as my crew chief, I feel like he, he's going to be just as good or better of a crew chief than he was a driver. And that excites me as being a driver and as an owner. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm lucky to have him. How has that been for you, you? You've dabbled. You've done a lot of mentoring. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of things. But, but taking full <coughs> ownership, if you will, of the crew chief role, how has that been for you, Danny? It, it's, it, really, it really is not as big of uh, a jump as we thought because it won't, no one knows me and this boy we talk every day every every scenario even when i raced against him or yeah, was yeah. on an deal we 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 went over how many times brian scenarios a lot restarts starts you do this you do that this you plan this you when lap cars i mean continue continue and we we did that up until i come to christian now we went a step farther that it's like we do now. We even we're we're, in the, we're the last ones in the shop, and just the other day we're drawing a racetrack out on a, on a piece of cardboard. You know, no. <laughs> this is what I do, and, and, and showing him different ways, the the techniques that I that I did when I drove. I understand it. You know, I'm a seasoned guy, and it's been three years on it, but it still pertains. And I ask him, I said, the things I tell you, he's, oh man, it just shows right up. So that 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 enthuses me to, to tell more because sometimes you forget when you're driving. Like I told him, I said I was just sleep, I was in bed, and I was I was re replaying it in my head. This is what the car feels like at this point because certain points at Knoxville you can gain and lose and, and trying to explain it to him and he's really got it and we, we laid that out and it helped him. And so that's, that's it's a good thing that we, that we do that. Yeah, I think exactly what he said is I feel like that having somebody that's driven before, we talk about we just every Monday pretty much I said, hey, like on these restarts or whatever, like, okay, now the outlaws are going to come to town. It's double file. 
yeah. things change. So it's like when you're in that car, you think, you know, this is the right idea. I, I'm doing the right thing. But it's also good to say, man, me and him talked about that in the shop. Because you're out there riding around under, under yellow and that Mike Hess says, all right, leader, choose high or low. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. That's a difference of maybe winning the race or losing the race. And mm. you just got to be sure of your of your decisions and being able to bounce ideas off him. And that's just been huge for us. And I think our, our growth is going to continue to grow. And But there's an old saying, he taught me everything I know, but he didn't teach me everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with, with that, I think with him knowing he could have to race me when he was still, when the helmet didn't have dust on it. He was taught me a lot, but now it's getting more and more dust on it. A little bit more tricks are coming out of the bag that he's he's taught me, you know, trying to. Yeah, he's, he's like, man, I can't teach this. I got to race this kid. He's, he's, he's a pain in my ass half the time. I can't teach him everything. But now that now that I'm signing the front of his check, he's, he's, there's more there's more and more coming out. And, and like I said, literally, if you go in my shop right now and go to our forklift, there's a piece of cardboard that has a black mark of turn one and two at Knoxville and three and four at Knoxville. And the kid that works for us come down and said, what's this? I'm like, man, you don't even want to know. It's way over your head at this don't point. Don't throw and it out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think, too, it, we talk about me and Danny. Um, it's like a, a puzzle. Um, and me and Danny are just a small piece of that puzzle. You have your engines is a piece. You have your car as a piece. You have your tires as a piece. You have your wheels as a piece. But more importantly, you have two other crew guys that are a piece of that puzzle too. Uh, Justin Lawyer, a uh, 17-year-old kid from, from Pennsylvania, from Elizabethtown, uh, came on this. Nice. And um, he's been a sponge. He's, he does a phenomenal job. And my dad travels with us too, and he does a great job. So you can say me and Danny, and we're doing this and doing that. Without all of the pieces of the puzzle, it's not going to work. You have one one bad apple you're, you, or one bad piece of that puzzle, or if sure. you're missing a piece of the puzzle, it's not complete. And uh, we're lucky to have all those things working in the same direction, and uh, we're very fortunate on that, uh, that end. Of, we have guys that believe in us as a team. Mm. Man, great stuff. Guys, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to share one quick story with Danny. Maybe, maybe one of the coolest interviews we ever did with Wing Nation. Uh, Danny had won something, done something, called him Wing Nation. He says, you ain't going to believe this. He says, I am going to be in the middle of the ocean in Alaska. Uh, his wife, and, and Danny is not a fisherman, but his wife had won a fishing contest to go to one of those. It's, it's, it's not the deadliest catch thing, but it's that vicinity mm -hmm. up there. And we're like, well, what are we going to do? And he said, all I can do is try. And he did. He calls a ship to shore, mm -hmm. and we're sitting in Concord, North Carolina. It was probably Kendra and I were sitting in Concord, North Carolina, talking to this guy out in the high seas. And I always remember that. It's one of the coolest things we did. That was yep. fun. That was We did. Right out in yeah. the middle. She was out there fishing and, and caught this big old huge grouper, and I had a hold of her belt loop. She was pulling in, sweating, and I was talking to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. But. One thing, too, I was going to say, you know, the, you know there are events when Wing Nation's here. And I, and I mean that not trying to be yes. smart aleck, but... 
Um, they come to the Knoxville Nationals. Um, that's an event. They come to uh, the Jackson Nationals. Mm -hmm. That's an event. Um, they come to the Bob Weikert because that's an event, and that's why we're here. And we're just proud to be a small part of this and want to thank we could come here and do everything we can, but without you fans, we sure right. appreciate it. And it's, like I said, it's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Thank you, fans, for sure. Thank you, fans. Brian and Danny, thank you so much. Appreciate your time as well joining us here on Wing Nation. It's Wing Nation's uh, Wiker Livestock Wing Nation presented by Falcon Brothers Truck and Wing Nation Roadshows coming up later this year. Houston's, the High Rank Nationals, and the Knoxville Nationals on August 10th through the 16th. We have got shirts available for those of you here. We've got uh, Sean and Sydney selling shirts right to the right side of the stage. And you can go to shopwingnation.com. Those of you following along, shopwingnation.com and get your Wing Nation gear as well. Bob Weikert, 1988, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame inductee, 500 plus wins with 50 different drivers, six-time winner of the Williams Grove National, five-time winner of the Tuscarora 50. Joining us now as we continue to carry on here is crew, boy, we still got to get this one right, crew chief for Rico Abreu, Ricky Warner's here. Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. Your new situation this year with Rico, uh, partnering up after so many good years with Tony Stewart and his operation. Coming up with Rico, how, are, how, are, how have things been for you guys? Everything's going good. It, just working on his program, trying to help him get better, and um, we're just glad to be here this weekend racing. Neat stuff, that's for sure. Ricky, I kind of want to go back to the beginning, if we can. Uh, just a little young kid from Carlisle, Pennsylvania, who started working on Randy Wolf's race car, and now you've done incredible things and have one heck of a resume. How did it really get started, and how did you get to where you are now? Um, I think the first year, you know, I, my dad had a sign business. We always lettered race cars. Okay. Like, I remember, you know, going with him when I was little, you know, lettering Randy's cars, guys from Silver Springs. And then um, I met Randy, and I got to go work for him. And then I was dumb enough to give up the sign business to go work on sprint cars for a living. So that's kind of how it started. Wow. So you you, you, you followed this, but um, somewhere along the way, you picked up some mechanical. Was the mechanical stuff always something that you really appreciated? Yeah, I, just, did? I just really liked it. He grew up, you know, going to the races all the time going to the Grove every week, coming up here on Saturdays, you know, and it just gets in your blood. And then, you know, I met Carl Kinzer, and you meet a bunch of outlaw guys, and then you get the bug, and then you go on the road, and then, you know, go to work for, hell, I've worked for, it's like everybody. But it's, an, it's a pretty impressive list. Yeah, so, like... Jack Hoddenshield, Andy Hillenberg, <laughs> yeah. Tyler Walker, Joey Saldana. Yeah, it's a blur now, but it's... <laughs> You just get in it and get going, and then, you know, it's like anything else. You learn your craft, you get good at it, and then, you know, you be lucky enough to get with somebody like Donnie Schott so you can win 10 championships yeah. with him, 10 Knoxville Nationals, and it's, you know, it just gets a hold of you, and you can't get out of it. Wow, man, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. It's yeah. absolutely yeah, really, incredible to me. Uh, and, Ricky, to, to think about that list, it's pretty impressive, but – not that you ha I'm asking you to pick one, but if there was a driver that you would love to work with, is it somebody who's extremely intense? Do you want somebody who's more laid back? Do you want a guy to tell you what exactly he wants on his car? Do you want a guy to come in and just say, hey, I'd really like to feel this or I'd rather this? If you could pick a perfect driver, what scenario would that be in, in a driver that you'd want? 
just guys that can give good information. I mean, if, if they're good at communicating and it's, you know, it makes it easier for you working on it. If they don't know what they're feeling, it's like you're chasing something all the time and it usually isn't, you're not changing the right stuff. So the better they are communicating, the better you are fixing it. So You spend all these years with Tony Stewart's operation, all the success with Donnie, uh, very instrumental in developing, working with the Ford program. You're kind of knowing everybody. You're, you're Ron Shaver, your buddy Ron Shaver. You're, you're very tight with him. You kind of have everything in place. You know everybody. You know this button does that and this does that. And if I need to do this, I need to do that. Um, the new situation uh, the, with, with Rico, um, is, it, is it exciting to kind of mix things up and, 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 and walk into kind of a clean slate, if you will? Yeah, when I got, I had got diagnosed with kidney cancer sure. four years ago. So we started, um, I'm, I'm on immunotherapy. So it, when the offer came up with Rico and they were shutting the 14 car down because I wasn't on the road full time anymore with Dawn because of all that. Um, when Rico called it, you know, me and my wife, we talked, and I thought it'd be, you know, less stress because it's just, you know, when you're racing with a guy that's used to winning, we were really yeah, go at each other, you know, and, and we fed off that. But I just thought it'd be better to do something with, you know, more laid back and a um, different atmosphere that didn't take some of the pressure off, you know. How is how are you doing health wise? You you I know we've we've followed your battle. We've 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 talked in a lot of different places about it. How is how is the how are things going? Um, we're doing good. I'm on immunotherapy. I do an infusion every three weeks. Take pills every day and um, just go to work. So it's Man. everything's going good. Gosh, that is that is good to hear. That's for sure. It is. It's incredible what you've been through and and how you've been so open about it with the journey because there are so many people who look up to you and pay attention. The race fans and. How many people have come up to you through this journey and said, hey, I appreciate, you know, you being open and honest about it because it's helped me with my journey? Oh, pretty much everybody that knows me, you know, and, and that's what keeps you going. So it just, you know, you know, a lot of people, not just from around home here, but all the way from California, everywhere we race, you know, you just meet a lot of great people and you don't really understand how many friends you actually have until something like that happens and it kind of overwhelms you. So it. It helps you get through it. I am awesome. sure. I am sure it does. Ricky Warner, our guest here on the program, crew chief for Rico Abreu. The level of competition in sprint cars. I think we talked to Davey Brown, and he said, you know, back in the day you had six or seven guys you had to race with. Now you come into a racetrack, and there's 30 of them that you have to race with. What's your assessment of where we're at as you guys? Rico has put you in a good spot because you're with the Outlaws, you're with the All-Stars, you're in the Midwest, you're on West Coast, you're out here. What's your take on where we're at as a sport across the country? I think nowadays, if you look back, you know, in the 90s, there were certain guys that had an edge on everything or could get parts before everybody does. But uh -huh. now, pretty much everything's available to everybody. So if you if you have a budget, it, it, you might not be able to buy, like, outlaw stuff where you have eight to ten engines, but guys can buy three really good ones and, mm -hmm. and build three really good cars. So it's, you know, everybody has the same pick of all the stuff across the board so that, I've never seen the competition like this, so it's, you know, any given night, you, you know, half the guys in the field can win the feature. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's so true. It's become so competitive when we talk about this all the time, Steve, how much it's, it just keeps escalating. Every single year, everybody has to step up their game and to try to compete with the World of Outlaws or the All-Stars. But, Ricky, for you, 
does it make you have to dig deeper for information or to find tricks in different scenarios to, to find that ounce of speed? Yeah, and they, you know, the rules are tighter than what they were. The weight limit's different. So you, you can't be, you know, early 90s, you could get a real light car. You could pretty much do anything to the wings you wanted to within reason. You know, and then just that's all kind of went away. You're in this box that you that you got, you know, you only have certain things you can rub on and certain things you can't. And you just try to do your best at what you're doing. But if you master the basics of this stuff, it still works. Neat. Neat stuff, that's for sure. Port Royal Speedway, you talked about you used to come up here as a kid. Boy, the old girl has changed a lot in the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, it's really good. It's probably the nicest one in Pennsylvania, I think. Nice, nice. That's good. That's good. A kid from Carlisle in a paint and uh, letter sign shop. Actually. What about, so as a kid growing up around here, Bob Weikert? Yeah. yeah. I've actually lettered some cars for him really? back in the day. Um, probably is, I, I don't even know, it'd probably be back in the 90s somewhere. Nice. Neat stuff. That's for sure, and that's who we're honoring this week with the Weikert Memorial. Ricky, it is always great to catch up with you. We appreciate you taking some time out. We know you got a race car and a driver that's in right. there getting ready to go after it tonight. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. Thank you. How about that? Ricky Warner joining us here on the program. Always cool to catch up with, uh, with the greats, that's for sure. Appreciate Ricky joining us here on the program. We're going to swap out and uh, keep right on digging here. You see right here on the stage, right one over by Ashley, one over here by me. This is the Bulls Head Trophy. Solid bronze, 75 pounds, made in the state of Colorado. One of the most coveted trophies. We always talk to Terry McCarl about trophies. We always yes. talk, and Terry is, Terry's the one that started the belts. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of imitating belts and everything else. There is no imitation to this. Uh, these are the Weikert trophies. And uh, I am telling you, it is a beautiful, beautiful piece that is for sure. Those of you here on the property, we are in, is it checkers or wreckers or wreckers or checkers? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> checkers wow. or wreckers. End up hey, at the it same can be place. one, and when you leave, it'll say something different. Well, it might very well be the case. Exactly. <laughs> and they are pouring it up over there. So checkers and wreckers continuing on. I understand they got some yingling beer. So I might have to, uh, oh. I, I mean, we get it in North Carolina, but I might have to have some home state That's beer. That's right. Absolutely. So fun, fun stuff, that is for sure. Some of our partners for Wing Nation, Sage Fruit, Hercules Tires, Flow Racing, Aggressive Hydraulics, Circle B Diecast, Hefter Racing Products, and the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And we are going to continue with our conversation because we are joined now by more of uh, sprint car royalty in these parts. That is for sure as uh, jumping in to the stage here now, again, joining us here. We're in the uh, commercial building at Port Royal. Beautiful, beautiful building on the fairgrounds here. And uh, they've created a uh, nice bar here with checkers and wreckers. And uh, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna um, keep right on digging and just keep having a good time. That is for sure. And uh, yes, indeed, let's continue on with our next duo of guests. Joining us is a 63-time winner in sprint car racing. He's won all over these parts. Randy Wolf is here. Hey, man, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. Really good. Good to see you. And uh, the uh, present, and is it five-time track champion? Five times or four times? Four. Four times. Four, four, four in a row. Four in a row. Four, well, yeah. yeah, multiple times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> John Zemitis is here from yeah. the Zemco Racing Team. Uh, hey, John, how are you? Great. How many is it here at Port Royal total? I think four and a half. 
Four and a half. No, I, huh? Uh, How's that work? Five, I think. Hey, no, six, I think, with the sprints, one with the modified. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot the modified. So yeah. I remember that car. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, how are you? How is things? The world treating you all right? Yeah, sure is. Yeah, what you up to? What's, uh, what, what's happening? What are you working on? Uh, no race cars. Really? Okay. Because <laughs> uh, for years, I'd be walking through the pits and see you somewhere uh, working yeah. on a race car along the way. So. No, the last car I worked on was for Dan Motter and Joey Saldana. I remember that. Now that you yeah. mentioned it, yeah, absolutely. So what, what, what's occupying your time now? I have a full-time job and uh, a part-time business. Really? What you doing on the part-time business? It's all uh, metal fabrication. Oh, cool. So you're, 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 still, you're still, still tinkering with things, that's yeah, for sure. In the food industry. Wow. A lot of stainless work, yeah. Neat. That is for sure. Neat stuff. Cool stuff. Well, obviously, John Zemitis, um, 1Z car, a, a staple here at Port Royal Speedway for since I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. we, you always have parked in the same spot. We always parked across from them. Uh -huh. But that 1Z car has been beautiful for all these years. But I have to admit, I think it looks the best this year. It's my favorite car you ever had. Thank you. Uh, it looks incredible. It's kind of, I kind of feel the same way. You do? Year. Somehow we made it better than last year. But, uh, how do you, yeah, how do you, uh, do you, do you, do you just creatively throw some colors around or how does that, how does that work? Well, we have some ideas and then for, well, for 60 years now, there's only two people ever lettered for us besides when I did my own. Really? Well, yeah. Uh, Speedy, a guy that uh, was from uh, Reading area, he used to hand letter everything and uh, he got a little too into drugs and yep. uh, ended up going over to <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, so we used uh, you know, Kramer Williamson's brother. Oh, okay. So, yep. So, so, so you, you, with limiting the number of people, you limited the, 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 the yeah, different yeah. ideas. He, he does them for many, many years now. Neat. That yeah. is cool. Fun stuff for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd yep. say probably oh, at least 25, maybe 30 years he does them. Yeah. Randy, I want to go back to 1999. I'm, I, I read a little bit of your bio, and, and of course, I talked to Lucas all the time. I talked to him there. 1999, you're racing. You're carving out a pretty good career. You went in a bunch of races, but you got this young son that wants to wants to go racing as well. Kind of walk us through your progression from racer to racer's dad. Well, I was about uh, ready to not do it any longer, and uh, meanwhile, my brother Tim took Lucas quarter midget racing, okay. which all these kids start out there yeah. today. And uh, I just thought that was pretty cool to do, and... Uh, my deal was kind of going away. So uh, he seemed like he had some ability, so I thought my time would be uh, better spent working with him. So that's what I did. Neat. Randy, you hear a, a lot of fathers say, man, I wish my son would choose golf or baseball or some other <laughs> sport than racing. Did you feel that way, or were you all in with Lucas racing? Well, uh, Lucas comes from a pretty racy family. <laughs> Not only did I drive, but his uncle and his mother and they've been involved in running almost every speedway in the area so one time or another so he was either at a racetrack because of her or he was at a racetrack because of me so it was only natural that he was kind of going to yeah. do racing so you didn't want him to play golf or anything else no <laughs> well I, it wouldn't matter to me what he did really yeah. but uh, the, the racing was something i could provide a little bit of lead way into so that's how it worked out sure. Randy, one of the things that's yielded for you is uh, you guys went on the road, did a couple of years with the World of Outlaw Tour together. Um, as a father, I can't imagine 
Um, I can't imagine how rewarding that time. I know you wanted more wins. I know you wanted better results. I get that. You're a racer, but you're a dad also. That has to be a really neat experience to go do that with your son. It was for me. I, I hope it was for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that for sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there, there, even if it's not right now, there will be a time, but I'm sure he's grateful for it. Um, John, you've kind of been, this is what I call car owners. You're kind of a, a dad to, to all the guys you've had your, in your car at some point. You've had an impressive list over the years from Billy Pouch to Shawn Michael to Blaney to now Logan. What's it like, because you're kind of a mentor to these guys as well, even though they're your they're car owner. What's it like been working with all these different guys over the years? What have you learned and, and what have you gained with these guys over the years? <laughs> I learned a lot in how you pick them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, really. Uh, what's the secret? There's no secret. Okay. <laughs> you get a car good enough, they come to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah, they, they see that, and uh, so we, we've never had a problem uh, with good drivers coming our way. So, and we put a few other ones in now and then to try them. Not, not that it was going to go anywhere, just for a week or two, things like that. Uh, but you never know; they could have turned into something too. But uh, yeah, we we had uh, quite a, a list of very good drivers with us, and uh, and some of them. Uh, um, like Logan now, he, he's come a long way just in a couple of years he's driving for us. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and uh, I look for somebody, if you're taking somebody that's not already uh, at the top of the list, uh, kind of look for a gasser and uh, somebody that maybe is crashing a lot because they're gassing it pretty good. And then uh, I figured it's a lot easier to tame them down, <laughs> slow <Yeah>. them down. <laughs> and Try to know, turn the wick up. And not crashing. So if you crash it this week, you don't have it next week. So... And so it's easier to get them to slow down, and then they do a good job. And they, we work together, and it work, works very good with Tommy Carl, our crew chief. Had him forever, and uh, yeah, of course he's my son-in-law. But uh, and and uh, and he also runs the speed shop and the header business. Okay. So, so he. He does an awful lot. He has a very full plate. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. He really does. We're going to hold right here because we do need to take care of a little business. Uh, as I mentioned at the <laughs> top of the show, we have been joined by WVNW Star Country 96.7. As we reach the top of the hour, we need to say goodbye to our radio audience. Now, those of you listening to 96.7, you need to get out here to the Speed Palace, Port Royal, racing tonight and tomorrow night. If you can't make it, then keep it locked in here to 96.7 FM because tomorrow evening, the Coca-Cola 600 NASCAR Cup Series race will be right here on Star Country. So we appreciate all of you listening here on Star Country. We're going to say goodbye to our radio audience. Those of you here, those of you on our Facebook, we're going to continue on for a few more moments here with Randy Wolf and John Zamita. So again, Star Country, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of our Wing Nation, our Wicket Livestock Wing Nation presented by Falcons brothers trucking i, I want to continue on for those here uh john um you you have a situation where the zemco car wants to be I, I, part time is not a good word but you want to run one night a week port royal works out well and you find of all things a driver that is really really good with that yes just believe it or not yeah exactly how man that i can't imagine because every driver wants to go world of outlaw full-time tour you find the one driver that's like yeah one night a week port royal works well for me and he's a good driver too that's so neat well i don't know we had the seat open he he called and called and called Did he? oh my god yeah <laughs> all the time 
called Tommy, called my wife. Everybody, you know, he wanted the ride, he wanted the ride. And uh, so uh, we started to pay a bit more attention. And uh, so finally we got to the point where I said, well, if we do get together, the deal would be, you know, we, we, I'm 78 years old now, I want to cut back. And, yeah. And uh, uh, I said, the deal is we're going to run at Port Royal. And uh, our, we only have one objective, but we run at Port Royal, and that's uh, to get the, the championship at Port Royal. So, wow. But I said, you got to race every Saturday night. And he had a job uh, flying uh, business jets. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of that is on the weekend. So he made a deal because I, the deal was, I said, you know, as long as you do well, keep doing well, you have the job for the year. If you get really, get really screwed up, you're gone. You know? Yeah. And, I, and, 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 <laughs> and he went back to his uh, boss and made a deal so where he could have weekend Saturdays off yeah. to, to race. Because uh, when you uh, uh, work with the business jets, you know, a lot of those uh, – Executives, they want to go to the Bahamas on the weekends, sure, yeah, Miami, and everything, you know. So, so they're in demand then. But he made a deal; he had to take a, uh, a cut in pay to uh, to to get the, uh, uh, the job. Off. The, yeah, the weekends off, off, you know. And he did that. Excuse me. Wow, I and mean, that's amazing. Yeah, so he he had a sacrifice too. Well, and he okay. hasn't he hasn't been booted out of the seat yet because four straight championships. I think he's doing all right behind the wheel too. Yeah, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah not yeah. too bad. Randy, yeah. did you ever have to be the the squeaky wheel to to make sure you got oiled when it came to car owners and and finding rides? Um, I know you were the most prevalent was the the five W with Keens, but did you ever have to make those phone calls and you know be the the one that kept hey hey you should hire me you should hire me. Uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, what I did a lot of times was bring new people in. Uh, I brought enough, uh, probably three or four different guys that either were racing other types of cars or didn't own race cars at all. So I kind of always tried to make my own job. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know, that might seem a little bit even more difficult to me than well, trying to convince somebody who already has all the equipment. Well, it was because I eventually would get fired, and then it would be someone else's job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, Randy, we had, who was it just on the show? Ricky Warner. Yeah. You actually got, you, you're the one responsible <laughs> for Donnie Schatz whooping everyone's butts for 10 years like that? No, <laughs> I think it was Donnie Schatz. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick. Uh, yeah, Rick was, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. And when he spoke of uh, lettering cars, uh, Dick lettered some of the cars when I raced for uh, Bill and Jesse Keene, so I knew Dick. And uh, I had lost a guy that was working with me, probably someone you would know was uh, Mike Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he, uh, he went, he moved on. So uh, uh, Ricky came and just was hanging out and he went to work and uh, we were together until I got fired from that job. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say I would say Ricky's uh, Ricky's done well. That's for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. he's a real hard worker. You yeah. know, he uh, he's always at it. Could could you see I mean, you, you know, he's a hard worker. But he's a 16 year old kid when he starts with you. But did you did you see did you see that good out of him? <laughs> no, no, he he wasn't quite. He wasn't old enough to be a hard worker yet. <laughs> he was still he was still a 16 or 17 year old kid, but it was fun. Yeah, that is neat. That really yep. is. Final question for you guys as we are uh, Wiker Weekend here. Uh, John, 
you probably have uh, <laughs> competed on the racetrack a lot with Bob Weikert. When I mention Bob Weikert, just what comes to your mind? Uh, I guess two things stand out more than anything. One, he when uh, I don't know the exact number of races that, that they won in the year with Wolfgang. It was like, I don't know, 49 or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was, it, was, big, a, big it was a big number. And, yeah. uh, and then <laughs> they were doing a... Uh, interview after the after the race which they used to do the owners and that all the time too and uh he, he said well that's nothing he said we're gonna have it was 10 more than that or 20 more the next year <laughs> you know it was, <laughs> it was like like we're gonna do it you know and uh, so and uh, yeah he did a lot of neat things though he he really stayed at it and uh and uh, he was so darn funny when they do them interviews. Oh gosh, yeah, you know? I've watched some videos of that. It's classic. Yeah. I so. shared I shared earlier Bobby Davis Jr. when he came up here. Of course, he's a little kid from Memphis. Came up here and he had heard about Bob Weikert, and he goes yep. and he parks it on the front stretch down there. Yep. And he's down there with the flag, and he hears his team owner just just raising cane. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't even yep. imagine. Oh yeah, imagine. He, he was so comical, but. And, and he put a lot into it, his heart and soul. And I can't imagine how much money he put in. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah. Davey sat here and said, uh, Davey sat here and told us that he gave us what we needed. And then Lance broke down with what that meant yeah. with the number of engines and everything. Yeah. yeah. I have one question for you. Yeah, though, before sure. I go. Were the guests all lined up alphabetically here that you had Warner and, <laughs> and, and oh, Wolf, Wolf and Zemitis? I mean, we, we got here too late. <laughs> we had. Holy cow, the only one that messed that up is Brian Brown. Yeah. Because we had Davey Brown, we had Davey Brown, Lance DeWeese, Donnie Kreitz, Danny Lasoski. Brian Brown's the only one to mess that up. That's true. Because then we went to Ricky Warner and then uh, Randy and John. Yeah. I like you, that. Hey, you can be last in the alphabet just as long as you're not last on the track, right? That's right. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> Randy, when I mentioned the name Bob Weikert, what, what stands out to you? Uh... Well, he sure liked racing. Yeah. And uh, I raced for him in 1980 for half a season. And uh, he was a good guy, uh, very competitive, wanted to win, uh, gave you as much, you know, things you needed to win with. And uh, he just, a guy like that's missed today because it's kind of vanilla. He was uh, a character. Yeah. And he said the right things, and he fired up the people, and it was, uh, it was really cool. Yeah. He was a good guy. Good neat. for racing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Really, really is. And it's really neat that we get to continue on $10,000 tonight, $29,000 tomorrow night, and the guys get to race for it. It's, it's kind of neat that it continues. Because this, cause this Randy was his place. They used to have beef nights here, I guess, and everything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. His place. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Yeah, well, I remember they used to give out burgers to everybody. Mm -hmm. for really? Yeah. Man, I missed my call. I missed my time. It wasn't quite as big then. But <laughs> no, that is true. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, we appreciate you taking some time. Um, Randy, we had the uh, tribute race last night that's going to be now in July. Is that right? Yeah, um, 15th. 15th of July down at Williams Grove. So uh, you get twice the uh, twice the tribute race. You get the promotion <laughs> for this one and then the promotion for the other one. Uh, pretty neat. What's, what's that mean for – what's that mean when someone says we want to do a tribute race to you? Well, it's uh, obviously a, a great honor because uh, obviously they realized that uh, you were involved in the sport and yeah. gave a little bit to it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really a cool deal.
Neat deal, that's for sure. So yeah. that is coming up. Randy, we appreciate it. John, always good to see you. And uh, best of luck here. as you guys go uh, win some races and uh, maybe maybe take a bull trophies. home, with, a you. Bull home yeah. with you. Yeah, we missed them last year. We won one of them, but we didn't get a bull. So. Oh, there yes. we go. Got Logan was very upset in yeah. victory lane. I remember that. Oh, boy, <laughs> that's right. Well, got to win uh, tomorrow night, right? So yep. uh, absolutely. Well, good deal. How about it for Randy Wolf and John Zomitis joining us here yeah. on the stage. Thank good you. hanging out here in the commercial building. Checkers and Wreckers is open and I see them down there they're slinging beers slinging wine, wine. slushies wine slushies they're slinging that <laughs> and slinging the beers and the wine slushies as well like to remind everybody wing nation gear and apparel is available right here to the right of the stage you can see Sean you can see um I see that I wrote down her name and um, Sydney Sydney yes yeah, Sydney exactly yeah I couldn't read my writing I, <laughs> I have a terrible memory I have no idea how that just yep. happened Sean but. and Sydney they're selling <laughs> the Wing Nation gear Wing Nation gear is also on the uh, Book Motorsports Justin mm -hmm. Peck uh, go down there and see well. Sky. Go right down there and see Sky is down there <laughs> running it. That's for sure. It's all about S's. Let me see sponsors are done trophy is done. Um, I think we've covered just about everything here. Uh, oh, tomorrow, tailgate contest, noon to 2. Those of you camping, tailgate Woo contest, hey, noon to 2. That's more right. importantly, 10 to 11, donuts. Donuts. That's right. <laughs> donuts for those of you camping, that is for sure. Okay. We, we, oh, oh, my man. Bush light. My man. Oh. Got himself. Got, there we go. Oh, that's oh it's the a bush real, heavy. Oh, this is not, oh. Oh, this is not one of those lightweight ones. This is the real deal right here, baby. Pop a top and take a sip. Um... Your phone. Is your phone all right? Did the phone ring? Is I got one text from him, but I think we're all right. We think we're all right. Oh. I think we're okay. We're all right. We have made it through. <laughs> Steel, Strummy, and David have survived their first live Wing Nation show. Man. We have a busy day tomorrow, but thankfully, Graham's, oh, Graham's, Graham's here. Gonna, okay, yes. that's good. That's good. God knows what we're going to do by Knoxville time. Holy cow. I, uh, four yeah. days. Oh, my gosh. Good stuff. Well, It'll be four months at that point. So. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. We appreciate Lance Deweese, Davey Brown, Donnie Kreitz, Danny Lasoski, Brian Brown, Ricky Warner, John Zemitis, and Randy Wolf for joining us. More important though than all of that. Thank you for joining us here on Wankers Livestock Wing Nation presented by Falcon Brothers Racing. Let's go racing. It's over on Flow Racing right now. The All-Star Circuits of Champions. $10,000 the Wankers for us. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern time, right here from the Speed Palace. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive.